Spreading the floor. Spreading the floor. Episode 31. Welcome to Spreading the 31. 31 of these episodes. How are we doing? With your we doing great. It sounds great coming through the headphones finally, man. Yeah, I'm saying I, yeah. I, I leveled up with the uh, with the with the sound interface here. The mixer, man. Yeah, sounds good. And guess guess what? Guess what? Mixer coop. Oh, that's uh, we just kind of got exposed for our behind the scenes operation there. I was gonna say mixer coop has has all the control over the sound quality <laughs> and the way the sound comes out, and then immediately just plays the <laughs> the first part of our last podcast. Um, but Luke. welcome back to the show. Oh my God, Nigel, you doing good? How how you doing, buddy? Um, You're sleeping a lot of today. Living the dream, man. Getting ready for New Year's. How about you? I'm doing good, man. Listen, we got a lot. You know what? I was like a kid in a candy store with all this, with all these opening night games. We got to talk about Christmas Day. What I mean, like not maybe if the candy was was rotten uh, in some in some areas because it wasn't. I mean, we could get, we could start off with that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the uh, the opening night games weren't really fun to watch. I feel like, funnily enough. Some of the preseason games were actually more enjoyable than the opening night games themselves that the the NBA had planned out yeah, to be interesting. Absolutely, yeah, I agree. Uh, and I think, I, I think that's due, man, to the to the Nets coming, you know, out of the gate big, and and then uh, the the Bucks also coming out making a statement. Uh, we we are actually smoking that Golden State pack this episode because they just got through two games that got absolutely demolished. Yeah. Um. So we got we got to talk about them some questions around them as a franchise. Now, I don't want to be that fan. Also, that's like super knee jerk and not analytical, but we'll, we'll get into that too. We got to talk about our player award predictions. We got to talk about a bunch of players. Uh, I, I, you know what? I don't, I don't think it's going to be too disrespectful to call them role players, but a bunch of role players uh, getting extensions yeah. kind of in that gray area that we see. Got to talk about Harden, what he's been doing. He had some confrontations. So we, we, we got a lot of stuff to get into today. What do you want to start, Nigel? Um, I'd like to start talking about the Christmas games. I, I was pretty disappointed. Um, Man, I, usually, I remember you texting me about that. You were like, "This is terrible." Yeah, I usually, I usually, I'm usually pretty excited to watch Christmas games. One of my favorite games ever of all time was the 2016 Christmas Day. 2016? Yeah, against from Cavs and Warriors. Uh, Kyrie Irving hit that fadeaway uh, game win. Yeah, that, that's my favorite of all time. But I mean, I I, I set up my there computer. There are just some insane sequences. Yeah, I set up my computer right next to my PlayStation, and I was just I was just looking at the score. Just it just wasn't interesting. There was no reason for me to ever give my full attention to the game. So, um, I know because there were a couple of records. Just a lot broken. of blowouts. Yeah, just every game was. There were there uh, were a couple of records. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Uh, like I remember there was. With Robinson on the Heat, he made broke the record for most threes and a half yeah. by two, I believe. On Christmas Day. Yeah, on Christmas eight, Day. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um wildness. I don't know. It was just just wasn't interesting. And then you had the the uh the Clippers getting shot shut down by fifty yesterday about the Mavericks. That was a that was a different story too. Um so overtime has no chill. Overtime yeah. has zero chill. You know what I'm saying? Actually, all social media posting, you know, sports services or sports news sites on social media have absolutely no chill because every single one of them was posting memes about that. I mean, as they should. Yeah, you have to. I think it kind of came out of I wasn't even I was kind of like half watching the game because I was editing another clip from the stream I did. But yeah, man, it looked like they were getting destroyed. Yeah, I mean, it's just that's supposed to be like a really top tier team, you know, and then they get. To get blown out by 50. I mean, no team, no team's ever been down by that much at halftime before in NBA history. 
yeah. all types of records for inconsistency yeah. or, or incompetence being set early in the season here. I mean, the Mavs, I, I, they, I guess everything was just going in. I mean, it's rare to see a team scoring, what was it, like 77 at half? Like, that's rare. But, like, to only score 23 yeah. points at halftime, I mean, you know, that's crazy. I, I think – where do you think this puts the Clippers? Because I think they're still obviously a top tier team. It's just, you have those nights. I think that also you could chalk it up kind of to the NBA having a lot more parody this year. I think it's a more week to week or a day to day type of league, like the NFL where anyone can, can beat another team at any given time, save maybe the Nets and the Lakers. I just think that that was kind of a, 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 what's we call it? A product of that. Yeah. A product of, of the league being a lot more competitive I have some takes about that I'll get into later. But, yeah, I mean, either way, you shouldn't be losing by 50 if you're the Clippers. No, absolutely not. Especially coming off a season where you you blew a 3-1 lead. Everyone's looking at you with high expectations saying, all right, this is going to be the team now that's coming back. Uh, they're looking like they're going to be the team to beat. And, uh, and they've listen, besides that, they've looked good. Um, I, I Just a bad night, man, for the Clippers. Yeah. Real bad. No bueno. Absolutely real bad. You know? Yeah, you don't you don't want that definitely not. I mean, it shows that they're not. I mean, Kawhi is obviously the leader. I don't think he was playing that night, but uh, it shows that they're not really getting much done without Kawhi. You know, that's a scary. It's a scary thing for the Clippers for sure, especially because yeah. you you signed Paul George that big extension, and now, and now you kind of realize that that in a way Kawhi might have been the catalyst for that team, and and then if you're Clippers upper management, you're sitting there like, oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy, what what are we doing here? What are we really doing here? Uh, but I, I, you know what? I don't think it's. I, I maybe. I, I think here's here's the thing. I think for sure, if you're the Clippers, you take this game and you look at film and you use it as an adjustment period and say, okay, this is probably our lowest, right? You 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 use that and you make adjustments and you you don't view this as a loss, as a monumental loss, which it is. You view it as an opportunity to move forward as a team because again it's it's early in the season so all of our predictions on the show are probably going to be could be um defended by saying that hey it's early in the season or it could be uh, argumented by saying that hey it's early in the season it's not you know you're not having such a solid look at teams yet we don't know how teams are formulating how teams are playing out i think also that it's just you know you got to chalk it up to that if you're the clippers you can't you can't let this affect you moving forward because their morale is going to be real, real low coming into next game. So next game is going to be, and it's not like the season's dramatically short. It's only 70, uh, 72 games. So it's not like the season's crazy shorted or shortened, excuse me. So you don't have to worry about this affecting you too much. But what you do need to worry about is the locker room culture going out. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. After this. Um, so that that's the only real kind of downside that I think this loss could have to a team like the Clippers. And if you're talking about a team like the Mavericks, that's on the other side of that. I mean, man, you got to be feeling like world beaters coming out of this game, man. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Keep, real, not real. only not only getting to a 50 point lead, but keeping and holding that that 50 point lead throughout. The, you know what I'm saying? You got to be you got to be feeling like studs right now, and yeah. especially in the West where there's a lot of competitiveness. Obviously, they still need to worry about the Lakers, but this I think emboldens the Mavericks a little bit for sure. Um, right, definitely. And, and Luca, you know. If you want to talk about guys that you need, like franchise guys, franchise quarterstones, Lucas showed out forty-four points. If I'm if I'm not remembering, if I'm remembering correctly, yeah, he had forty-four so. points that game or something crazy like that. But man, if, if you're the if you're the Mavericks, you just gotta like I said, in the same way, you gotta look at tape. 
tighten up anything you did wrong and 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 ride the ride the morale high into next yeah, game and absolutely. hopefully hopefully make a run yeah well if the mavericks could find you know the holes in the uh, in the clippers uh defense um you know it's not if, if you anyone has access to that to that film i'm sure i'm sure a bunch of teams yeah. are gonna be looking at that and being like what did they do right you know what i'm saying and what, how can we capitalize on the same thing uh, so if you're the Clippers, you're worried about that de- definitely. But like everyone has bad nights. Some nights just yeah. things aren't going in. So you know they're in their great team. So they'll they'll be back. That's what I'm saying. A lot of people. Yeah. I think oh, it goes back to what we always talk about. NBA fans are so knee jerk with the way they do things. Everyone's like, "End to the Clippers as an organization." You know what I'm saying? Everyone, everyone is so in the same way that I'm sure now it's a week to week kind of uh, league. The fans are very week to week. So I, I think yeah, both teams should be fine. But it comes down to me for the. Uh, it comes down to me, for me, to the the momentum that, that both teams are going to have to kind of craft coming out of this. I definitely agree. I definitely agree. All right. What do we want to talk about next? Because, well, actually, do you want to talk about the other Christmas games? Because what, what were – I can't remember which games were – was it the – it was the Nets versus Celtics? Was that on Christmas Day? I yes. watched a bunch of games. I can't yeah, even remember. Yeah, I watched – it was Nets versus Celtics. It was Warriors versus Bucks, I believe, Bucks. right? Yeah. Um. It was Heat versus Pelicans. There you go. Pelicans. Yeah, it's all coming back to me. And then I think I think the Clippers played the Nuggets later in the day, but I didn't catch that game. Clippers. Yeah, that was at ten thirty. We were talking about that. I was like, I'm, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't necessarily know if I want to play uh, or I want to watch that. Yeah, it was um, a little bit late. But yeah, I thought the Celtics. Unpopular opinion. I thought the Celtics looked good up until the end against the Nets. I think uh, I think the Celtics are always going to be a staple in the East. I I think I I, I like the way um. What's his name? Excuse me, Marcus Smart. I, I like how he got the nod to get up to the to the one spot, uh, yeah. and I think you know the, the 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 Celtics as a team are going to still be a team to watch in the in the East. I think everyone's just looking at the Nets right now because the Nets are so there's such a looming ominous figure. Um, I still have the, I still have the Milwaukee Bucks though. Probably if you're talking about coming out of the the East, I'd say out of the heap below the Nets because that's kind of how I guess you have to do things now after the two opening games for the Nets, I'd probably say that the Bucks are on top there and then maybe the Celtics right under that. So the Celtics look good. Uh, they just have trouble. And it's something that they've kind of always had trouble with is, is holding a lead. Uh, yeah. but they, they, they look good up until then. They looked, you know, Jason Tatum was really solid offensively. Marcus Smart was, was looking real good, both defensively and offensively kind of continuing that trend from last year in the bubble a lot of a lot of players are continuing their trends from the bubble last year which is really good to see but Marcus Smart in um in particular I think is going to be well we'll talk about our player predictions later for for player awards but he's definitely uh in a couple of categories for me so I I I really like the way the Celtics played up until the end and then they blew it yeah I really like their ball movement and you know they didn't have their 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 uh their leader uh, Kemba Walker that's true. So they were kind of out there, uh, short staffed, and they they did play well. You know, you're right to the till about the the last quarter, I think it was. Um, but you know that that Nets team is looking very scary. You know, I don't I don't know if I gave them enough credit before the season started, but Kevin Durant is playing well. Kyrie Irving is playing very well. Kyrie Irving is playing out of his mind. His game is he's definitely starting to back up his words with this game, uh, which I was happy about, which I was hoping he would do. So. That Nets team is looking very scary, and if they can continue like this, then uh, you know I might have to move around some of my uh, seed predictions in the East and conference. I mean, well, no, you weren't. You were never 
I don't think you ever hated on the Nets. I think you actually you had the Nets coming out of the East, right? I mean, I was more if if we're pointing figures, I think I was more um, of a Nets hater than anything because I thought that with all those mouths to feed, those you know uh, those those alpha presences in the locker room, that it might be more of an issue than anything. But it seems like they're gelling fine. I'd say that the only thing that that would stand in their way hypothetically is if is if either gentleman gets in, injured. Yeah, um, that would be my only real problem or the only thing the only thing really standing in the way of the nets conquering the east because if you think about it also deandre jordan is having a very it's almost like a renaissance of his career in a way because we were talking about it too he has that perfect setup for him where he has two offensive titans on with him in the floor and that creates mismatches and and the best thing that deandre jordan can do is go up there and get it and slam it home so if you have a guy like KD and you have a guy like Kyrie that's drawing in a lot of attention from the defense and you have uh, you know Joe Harris who's also money from three and a bench that's that's deep and talented that could a lot of people think could be a starting five on any other squ- I mean you're yeah. it, it, it's a system that plays into itself and allows guys to flourish and I think that's what makes this Nets team so scary. So DeAndre Jordan has been playing terrifically. I, I mean, who do you want to go to, man? That's that's like the that's the mo of the Nets right now. Who do you want to go to? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, Kyrie, Kyrie's just, they they were already a good team before Katie and Kyrie got there, but Kyrie's just been playing so out of his mind. Um, I mean, he's just making everything. Of course, injury is also always a, a possibility. I mean, you obviously hope that it doesn't happen, but. Yeah, I mean they're just they're just looking so good out there. It's just like I can't name any team that that could honestly give them. I mean, maybe Giannis and the Bucks probably would give them some trouble, but that's what I was right, thinking. Right now, playoff start today. I have the I have the Nets going to the, to the finals. Oh easily. yeah, oh yeah. yeah. The only thing that really, I mean, if we have to worry, the only thing we have to worry about with Kyrie getting injured is if if Kyrie gets injured, bro, he's pulling out the burner accounts. I mean, it'll be hell for the media. If if Kyrie yeah. gets injured again, he has too much free time on his hands. It's clips for the media. Yeah, um, no, but no, no, no. In all seriousness, I hope I hope nothing bad happens to Kyrie because as much as we talk shit about him, right, and as much as we drag him on the show, and Katie, uh, you know, from time to time, I think watching those two play in tandem and and they're resting next game because they single handedly just demolished through two games anyone that was put in front of them offensively. I I forgot how how prolific they were. Yeah. And it sounds silly because I'm an NBA fan, but, you know, not seeing them play for a large majority of the year and then seeing them again, it's like Kyrie is a mismatch for anyone in front of him. Right. I think I think even the, the league's best defenders have problems guarding him, obviously, because if it's just his skill finishing around the rim, his dribbling ability, I, I it's been – and KD, talk about a guy that can just pull up over anyone and, and makes it look easy. And I, you know what? It's, yeah. it's, it's just it's, – it's scary to see. I, they're, they're, I, 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 go ahead. Sorry. Go, my bad. I don't I think either I texted one. You. Yeah. I don't think either one of them are at a hundred percent. You know, there's, they're both coming off injuries. They're both a little bit rusty. So, I mean, that's very scary. If they can yeah. keep this up, it's like, you know, yeah. The easy finals appearance, easy. And you no know problem. what, you know, what stood out about me or, you know, what stood out about the nets to me. I can't talk today. What stood out about the nets to me is the fact that there's such a new team with a new coach like Steve Nash. And there's they they already look so clean offensively. Yeah, that's what's scary. Very well, they're sharing the ball a lot. They're playing. They're playing very unselfishly, and the, you know they're right. getting it. They're getting everything they want. They're they're not they're not taking any shots that that like bad shots. You know they're 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 working the ball around and they're doing what they have to do. 
Um, and Kyrie's just fearless. And I think Katie, Katie's definitely a little bit more rusty than Kyrie is, in my opinion. But uh, Kyrie's kind of, you know, helping him along, pulling him out of the slump. And uh, if it's definitely working, something's working. Uh, they yeah, need I, to continue doing that. Do we do we officially have to eat our words on this podcast now? I think we have to. Well, I mean, look, it's been two games. Let's give him, let's give him, let's give him another 30 games. Okay. Um, we'll see. Gotcha. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how they how they do in the long run. But if, I mean, if we're talking about a sprint instead of a marathon, they win. I mean, yeah. wow. Holy shit. I mean, it was crazy watching them. And it seems like for the marathon, you know, at the moment for the marathon, they should be fine. I don't know, man. I, it's it's yeah. real, real scary. They're looking like the Lakers of the East. Yeah. Think about it. Two oh, go-to yeah, star players. Two go-to star players. Uh, a, a talented bench. Solid role players around them. I mean, it's 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 very very similar. The optic is very similar between those two teams. Scary. Yeah, I mean, Steph Curry didn't stand a chance that day. Also, though, you know, Steph Curry didn't play that well himself. I know that uh, that they got Kelly Oubre Jr. and and what's excuse me, what's his face? Kelly Oubre Jr. and um and Wiggins, right? Wiggins, Maple Jordan, yeah, Wiggins, yeah. tossing up bricks like nobody's business. But yeah. you know, Steph Curry, listen, he, I mean, we we saw it in the finals. He he has trouble carrying a team by himself. He could drop forty four if he doesn't have a good team around him. I don't think he has that same inclination like LeBron to get his guys better and involved. Uh, and I think we we've seen that through two games. I mean, listen, I'm not I'm I'm talking about on the court. Yeah, I'm not talking about leadership because I think Steph is a great leader. Right. But I'm talking purely on the like LeBron could do more with this Golden State team right now than Steph could. I think that's just the yeah, way I LeBron agree. is. Like that's I that's agree. what I mean. Purely on the court, not not off the court, because I think Steph is a great person, a great mentor. We've seen him mentoring Nico Mannion. Off the court, the you know the rookies are getting reps with him. Um, it's cer- it's certainly growing pains though with the with the Golden State Warriors because they've looked ugly. They've looked straight up. They've they've looked disjointed. Yeah. The offense has been ugly to watch. They look at times out of rhythm, just whew, defensively. It, I, I don't know. It seems like guys are forcing shots, and specifically, you know Kelly Oubre Jr. He's been forcing a lot of stuff. So you hate to see it for the Golden State Warriors. I never thought I'd be saying that, but. Yeah, they just it's it's been it's been a dumpster fire for them. Yeah, it's been been, uh well yeah if we're we're, if we're solely going off these two games like yeah they they don't look good at all. Uh, you also have to remember they're missing two out of your you know big three. You know you're missing Clay, you're missing Draymond Green. Um, you know Steph Curry he he can only do he's just not that he's not that big. You know he's not good on defense and a lot of offense comes off defense. Um, and this. Warriors team is completely new. I mean, none of these guys ever played with each other before. It's true. Steph Curry never played with any of these guys before. So, I mean, it's really, it's really, they're really taking a chance on this, on this, uh, on this lineup. And I, I do hope it, it pays out because it's hard watching Steph Curry getting beaten by whatever it was 30 yeah. uh, on Christmas day. I mean, that's kind of crazy to me, but. It's, it's like I said, it, it goes into it. Uh, what we were talking about. It's a different NBA, man. It's an entirely different world from what we yeah. knew. Yeah, you know? no, it changed a lot. And also, to your point, with guys like Clay and Draymond Green not coming in, do you almost? I mean, if I'm the Golden State Warriors, it's after two, it's it's only been two games. See, my mind right now is screaming at me. Experiment yeah. with the lineup a little bit because you might not go anywhere in the West. Which I I don't honestly think, even if they have some sort of a surge halfway through or quarter way through the season, I still don't think they go anywhere in the West. I mean, James Wiseman's been playing pretty well. Yeah, he more has. than well. Do you just do you? 
I mean, you got you got to start Draymond. You can't not start Draymond, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, J- James Wiseman for me. I'll, I'll save I'll save all the player picks for the for the the um, for later on the episode. But he's been he's been really impressing me with the way he's been playing. Yeah. Really, really been impressing. He played. You know what? He struggled a little bit at first with the 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 rhythm and the tempo, and the pacing. But after he got accustomed to that, which is something that you see with a lot of rookies. But after he got accustomed to that, I mean, he was great. Yeah, he was definitely playing his game. I saw yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like he was he was balling out, man. He was balling out. So respect to him for that. Yeah, well, he's going to be getting – even a, even when Draymond does come back, which I'm not sure when he is going to, uh, but he's probably going to be on some limited minutes. So I think James Wiseman has a pretty good chance of, you know, continuing to get better and oh, 100%. and get, getting, getting his minutes in and doing what he has to do to be a great rookie. Yeah. We can talk about, talk about rookies. We can talk about um, <clears throat> LaMelo Ball. Yeah, I want to talk about Lamelo. I mean, that Hornets team is looking good as well. Athletic. Uh, I think playing they, Lamelo's they... pace—that's something that we were always complimentary of him for. You know, go yeah. ahead, my fault. No, I was just that the whole team in general. I mean, they they were they won yesterday. I mean, Gordon Hayward came off and dropped twenty-eight points, I believe, or maybe yeah. maybe it was someone else. Yeah, but they they were doing they were doing very well. They got to win against um, the Nets. Yeah, they were they were playing like they knew what the hell they were doing, and that's something you, I haven't seen a Hornets team do in a very long time. I was I was watching um, like, is this real? Yeah, I didn't think it was real life, but it was real, and that team is scary. That team is looking pretty good. Um, Lamelo's been he's in like a little bit of a slump, but I think he's just he just he has to get used to it, like you said. You know, rookies have to get used to the, the pacing, and yeah. you know, once he gets used to you know body contact, you know, it's just it's, he's probably very shell shocked right now. But uh, and Lonzo had the same problem when he was a rookie. I think I think Lamelo is really going to come out. Uh, I think he's going to do start doing really well, um, especially because he has just such great guys around him. You know, I think I think what Lamelo needs to do is you're right. He needs to acclimate to the pace of the NBA. But at the same time, I think what he what differs him from a lot of rookies from a lot of other rookies I should say is Lamelo. He's shown us that he really can can make the game come to him. I think yeah. that's what he needs to do. Like I think that if he can force the game to to slow down to his pace and not the other way around, which is something again we see with a lot of rookies, he'll be golden. So I think and that could also that could also kind of play into the unique factor of, of LaMelo as a player. That's what makes him so unique is that he kind of forces opposing defenses, his own offense into into playing the way he wants to play. That's why he stands out so much. So I think if he can do that, he could 100% make a campaign for rookie of the year. Right now, through two games. This is going to be that's going to be the episode. That's going to be the title of this episode is through two games. Through, through two, two games. games, he hasn't been playing like it. But I think like you said, he comes out of that little rookie slump that he's got going on and I think he makes I think he makes a surge. I think he makes a play for that for that rookie of the year spot. Yeah, you know, and it's not like he's been he's been playing bad, so to say. Like he's been playing decent. His scoring hasn't been where it should be, but other than that, like he's been getting boards, he's been getting assists, he's been doing all the the flashy stuff, all the stuff that they hyped him up about. Like he's been he's been answering on that level. So I don't know. I'm excited to see what he does. I think I think there's a couple there's a couple ways that this season could go for him, and I hope it's uh, I hope he gets the the best outcome possible. I don't know. Do we want to revise our Hornets predictions for this year? We want to be knee jerk. Let's be knee jerk a little bit, Nigel. Let's be let's be um, knee jerk NBA fans here, buddy. Let's do I don't it. know. I I feel like, yeah. All right, let's do it. I, I I feel like I feel like they're gonna they're gonna come out 
you know, where we said, which was, you know, kind of a playoff team kind of in that bottom, in that bottom three seeds, five through eight. Five, five through right? eight. Is, is that what we said? I think that's what we originally said. And then at some point I said that they were going to be at the, uh, the basement. They're going to be tanking in style. So I will, I guess, all right, I'll have, I, we should give our knee jerk reaction and then our actual reaction. Okay. Does that make any sense? Yes. You want me to go? Uh, listen. Yeah, you go first. Knee-jerk Cooperman. Right. Hornets taking it all, going to the finals, defeating the late. No. I think, uh, I think, yeah, like you said, five to eight. I could see them maybe even a fourth. No, actually, no, that's, that's a little bit brazen. That's a little bit brazen because the Raptors are still yeah. in there. Yeah. You got Philly. You got the Raptors. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, I think, yeah. okay, realistically, I think, I think maybe a six, seven, eight spot. Seven, eight. Yeah. Realistic. That that would be my take. Knee jerk, I could put them. I could expand that field a little bit to the fourth or fifth spot. But you know, just because you get a, a win over the Nets doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be. Doesn't mean it at all that you're going to get anywhere in a league that that is, especially with the Eastern Conference being competitive as competitive as it is. Excuse me, you're not. I mean, it's, they look good. That I think that's what it could be chalked up to. They look good. Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree. I think if they win the games that they are supposed to win. Which, you know, if you can win the games you're supposed to win, that makes you a good NBA team. Um, I see them going six, seven, eight. No problem. Six, seven, eight. Okay. Yeah. No problem. Especially if, if Gordon Hayward can stay healthy I and mean, drop in 28 points like when he wants to. I mean, maybe it's because he was in the Celtics. He's very pass first. But, uh, I mean, through two games, he's shown that he can score, you know? Yeah. Uh, he was, he was, it, it made me think like maybe he was on a Celtics. He was taking kind of a back seat, which I could understand, you know, you're around a lot of young, talented players, but now it's like, this is, this is his turn to like step up. He's definitely part of the big three on this team. So go all out, man, do what you got to do. Well, that was also something that came out. Gordon Hayward said he was kind of unhappy with the role he was playing on the Celtics and that he wanted a more score heavy uh, first option type of, of of role with them, but at the time they've been having so much success with that that talented starting five after he become injured that they kind of just rolled with that. I think, like you said, man, I always said it. Gordon Hayward is a premier scorer, yeah. not premier, under premier, like a little bit under that echelon. But he is a fantastic scorer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's kind of I put him in that that maybe a little tier above Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton, yeah. he has – I think he's way more consistent than Chris Middleton, but I put him in that that category of player where it's – he's not really a superstar, but he's not even a star, but he's kind of – he's right he's right under that. He's a, I, I put him above Kuzma, right around Chris Middleton, under a guy like Jason Tatum. Does that give you an idea yeah. of where I'd put him? Yeah, that's that's a good that's that's a good analogy. Um, but I think a lot yeah. of people sleep on him, man. I do think I do think people are going to see. I mean, I, I'm just I'm just happy to see him out there running around again. I mean that he was just it just seemed like he was so heavily affected by the injury for so long. Just to see him coming out and you know playing his game, it felt really good. I also will say that um, last episode we got something wrong, and I want to call myself out and hold myself accountable for when I get something wrong. We were talking about his hand injury, and we were kind of postulating on whether or not that would be the end of the Hornets. That was part of the reason why <laughs> I said the Hornets would be in the basement. I then looked it up after the fact, and I had gotten some Fugazi information from the internet. It was quite literally one of the, the ligaments or the, the, the connector of the muscle to the bone on the hand. I think one of the ligaments that, that had connected those two had just been partially torn, and he was day-to-day. So it wasn't anything okay. crazy. He, he went yeah. through a full workout, so I will cop to when I am wrong. Uh, I got to do better 
with with the the research side of this podcast but you know it's all a learning experience but anyways yes it is great to see gordon hayward running around uh kind of it seems like he's probably more happy right he's happier out there yeah now that he has a bigger role and more essential role on an offense and on a team in general i mean yeah. and, a, and a young team a team that's athletic It'll make him look better in the stats department. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, I think, I, I mean, I, Gordon Hayward's always been one of those players that I loved. How yeah, do you hate a guy awesome. like that? It's impossible. And, uh, yeah, I remember I was scared when I, when I saw when I Whenever I see Gordon Hayward's name pop up with an injury, uh, it's always very scary because you don't know, you know. I mean, it's just yeah. you're just so used to it at this point. And you just want to see him do so well. But, um, yeah, I think I think he enjoys being that older veteran guy, that presence, that that, you know, guy who can who can mentor you know him and Lamelo go go out of that practice i think that's super cool i think that's yeah. that's great for his development and i love to see it man I'm, I'm excited to see some hornets basketball every time i uh every time i hear about him getting an injury i have a ptsd flashback to his leg going into a 90 degree angle when he when he dropped on it like that yeah. i'm not even i mean i'm trying to be a little bit funny but like in all seriousness yeah that was that was i mean that was one of the worst injuries i've ever seen probably up there with paul george with that college basketball player coming down when you saw the the bones sticking out of his foot. Yeah. I mean, that yeah, was, that was, that was there. yeah, that was really, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy for Gordon Hayward. I Lord, Lord willing, nothing else happens to him. Right. No. Absolutely. Lord will. All right. What do we, what do we want to talk about next? What's next on the agenda group? We, we got, uh, what's going on? <laughs> Nigel said, no, no, right back at you. The flight. <laughs> uh, all right. We could talk about, listen, let's get these, uh, let's get these players out of the way that signed a bunch of extensions. Let's talk first in the magic department. We got Markel Fultz, three-year, $50 million. And Jonathan Isaac agreed to an $80 million four-year extension. Yeah, a lot of people hate they- on Fultz. A lot of people hate on Fultz. Well, because um, he, he, he didn't have the best career coming out of the gate. But he's really, I mean, he's one of those, like Lonzo. He's kind of had that like bell curve where he's con- on the uptick again. Yeah, well, I'd definitely take Lonzo's career over Markel's recently. Um but you know, as soon as as soon as Markel Fultz got off Philly, as soon as he was in a smaller market, there was a lot less pressure on him. He really started to shine better. Um, is he worth three hundred fifty million dollars? I don't know. Uh, I hope he is, but he's he he hasn't been shooting well. He he hasn't shot well since college. You know that that comes with him with what happened to him and everything. Um, but he has game quite a bit. He's been playing say. well. He's been taking yeah. it to the basket. You know. He's been definitely playing with confidence. He's been playing like he knows what he's doing, and I, I, I'm every time I see him grab the ball, I'm cheering for him, you know. So yeah, I could see, I could see where the Magic are willing to take a take a risk on him, and I think he's ready to go out there and prove, you know, prove him right with one. Yeah, man, I think you're you're right. He's kind of like you just gotta worry about that jump shot. I think outside of that, he's done like you said a terrific job of refining the way he plays the game and 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 really becoming a. I'll say because Orlando is always like that around that eighth seed type of tier team. I think he's really become way more of a vital role in that offense. He's really taken on, I should say, a more vital role in that offense. Uh, So I I really I like the way he's played. Again, I don't know if he's worth however. I think it was 50 million for three years. Again, I would have given him a little bit less money. And I feel like that's what I say about every single extension, but a little bit less money, a little bit less time. Especially when you have a guy like Jonathan Isaac agreeing to an $80 million four-year extension. I think Isaac plays a much more crucial role. Yeah. He's one of those guys that'll give you 15 a night. Um, I would have given him more money. I, I guess I, I, the, the thing I'm trying to say is I would have rather taken some of the 
money out of Marco Fultz extension and giving it over to Jonathan Isaac. I think I, I don't hate what the Magic are doing. I yeah. just think that they could have played a little bit differently because Jonathan Isaac's a certified talent. I mean, a lot of these guys, they got extensions based off of their play in the bubble. And I love that. Like uh, Derek White for the Spurs. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? OG and the Raptors. I mean, those guys all had terrific bubble play. And I think that's what kind of, I mean, definitely that's what, that's what's gone into them getting these extensions. We'll see if they can back it up this year, man. But I, I have yeah. hopes for, for, I have high hopes, I should say, for Marco Fultz and Jonathan Isaac. I think I don't hate either extension. I don't know, man. I, I think the Magic is an organization. I mean, we could talk about the Magic as an organization. Where are they really even going? Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, are they it's banking clear on the future? I think they are definitely banking on the future. Um, and the, these these type of extensions prove it. I mean, Markel Fultz has a ton of potential. I mean, his his career definitely started off a little bit shaky, but he was still the number one pick for a reason. You know, he really he yeah. really can play basketball. And if they can if they can get back his shot, you know, if they can if they can train him, put him up with some trainers, and really try to like grind it out, I think that uh, he definitely has a very high ceiling. I mean that kid could that kid can move with the basketball. He, he can take it coast to coast like it's nothing. And I've He's seen athletic. him do it. Very athletic, very fast, very nimble, yeah. and he knows how to finish around the basket. You know, all we need to get him to start doing is you know working on that half court setting. Um, and he's going to be golden, you know. I'm ready to see that happen. And he, he's been he's been playing well. He's been averaging he's been a- averaging decent numbers, you know. E- even even so, with everything that happened, you know, and that's not that's not a slump. I know a lot of people would be able to get out of. So you know, he's a strong kid. Um, yeah. I'm excited to see what he does. He's showing us the ability to grow. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about let's talk about Derek White for a second here, signing with the Spurs, and we can get into OG and the Raptors. So Derek White signed for a four year, seventy three million dollar extension. I think, like I said, this guy ball out in the bubble. Yeah. I think he's a great backcourt pairing with DeJounte Murray. I think he'll be the future for the Spurs. Again, the Spurs are kind of in the, the, the same situation as the Orlando Magic, where they're banking more on the future than they are on the present. Yeah, I, yeah I, I, I love that. I love that extension for him. I think he has a bit of an injury bug, so that's the only real issue I have. If he could, ju- if he could stay healthy, I, I love it. I love this extension for him. Yeah, no, I mean, the Spurs are also in like a, like you said, they're in a, in a tight spot. Um, their recent, their recent playoff run has, you know, last year, I think was the first year in how many years that they didn't make it to the playoffs? 16, something like that. Yeah, uh, something crazy like that. So they're, they're in an interesting position right now. Um, I think the best thing for them to do, though, is is bank on, bank on the players that they have and, and worry about building through the draft because, you know, you know, Popovich is going to be able to, you know, handle anybody. Uh, he's a fantastic coach, and you got to play your strong suits, man. If, if, if you know that you got a good coach, you got to get players that are coachable. So I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 listen, they'll be okay. The Spurs have always been a franchise. Yeah. When you have Pop at the helm, yeah, you're, you're always going to be – there's always going to be success. He's just a, he's a strategic genius. That's hard to say. Strategic Absolutely. genius. Um, let's talk real quick about OG Ananubi signing with the, the Raptors, and then we can get on to the whole – Harden situation and basically I mean the whole situation with the Rockets where you know four players have tested their, or they're being put in um in COVID protocol safety uh to where I, I think they're they're inactive until Wednesday but we'll get into that in a second let's talk now about OG and the Raptors agreeing to a 70 72 million dollar four-year extension yeah no I mean Raptors also in that kind of in you know and they're they're in the east and they're trying to prove their worth, what they can do. They had a really great run 
uh what was it 2019 they, they won that chip yep um so yeah with I mean, yeah with Kawhi. so i think they're they're also in that rough position where they're not really bad but they're definitely not looking like they're going to be number one seed they're definitely not looking like they're, they're going to make it out of the east into the finals yeah. so you know i i think that they're kind of they don't really know where to go from here and they want to lock down what they already have and also, you know, try to get some good pieces where they can pick them up here and there, try to build something, get some get some value on their team, something that they can trade away and stuff. So I don't disagree with that either. Um, I think the Raptors definitely are in a position right now where they they have some pieces to trade away and they have some cap space maybe. Um, and, you know, they also have a solid team. Like, see, Occam's very good. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that. They have a very solid starting five. What do you? How do you feel about it? Unfortunately, the Raptors right now, I think you surmised it perfectly, Nigel. The Raptors right now, they're in a gray area because they have a talented team. In, I'd say, any other year for the East, they would probably be – let's just – let's rewind the clock about three years. The Raptors, as they are right now, three years ago, well, they might have to get past the Cavaliers, but they'd be a strong presence in the East. Unfortunately for the Raptors this year, the East has been blown up. Yeah. So – this is the Raptors, I truly do believe this, saying, hey, we got this guy, OG Ananubi. He balled out in the bubble. He's shown a lot of promise. This is our future. Same thing with the Spurs. Same thing with the Magic. Um, the Raptors happen to be in much more of an influential place right now. Right. As I do think that they'll be in that playoff conversation. We'll see how they, you know, we'll see how everything pans out once the season starts. But I, I still have them being a, a factor in the East. Uh, just not that big of a factor, unfortunately, because you got the Nets and the, the Bucks, the Celtics. But yes, this is them saying, hey, we got this guy. He's he's probably gonna be one of the future pieces of the organization. Let's let's get him now while he's you know a hot commodity. That's yeah. that's what that's what the, the whole theme with a lot of these extensions have been. Guys that have been showcased in the bubble and and teams that are kind of in a a gray area. Right. A great area where they don't know necessarily how they're going to go forward. They want to bank on the future. They want to play it safe. Yeah. I, listen, all of these, I, I don't mind. I don't mind any of these. Yeah. I don't I don't mind them either. Do you, do you have the Raptors going over Philadelphia? You see, Philadelphia always confuses me because they got Doc Rivers. Right. They got Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. Is it the same squad as last year? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I think I think they. I mean, listen, they're in the, they're definitely in the playoff conversation for the East. I don't know if I give them the spot over the, or excuse me, the Raptors over the the spot over them. The Raptors sent them home in pretty pretty eccentric fashion. Remember that yeah. the Kawhi shot, but I, I might. That's you see, that's a tough one. I, I probably I'd actually give the uh, if if let's just say hypothetically four game series or uh, four game series seven game series, I'd probably give the Raptors that series in five or six games. I think the Raptors yeah. are a slightly better team than the 76ers. Yeah. Right, right now. Two That's games fair. In. That's fair. That's very fair. You know, um, I don't, Philly's I don't also be in like a jerk with everything. Yeah. Phil's in a tough spot right now as well. Um, I just don't think either team was really prepared to have the East blown open like this, you know. That's true. That's see, a really good know, point. Yeah. They were, no one was ready for, you know, the Celtics to be playing this well. No one was ready for the Heat to come out and make an emergence. Uh, you know, the Bucks have always been good, but none of the teams were ever prepared to handle the Bucs. Uh, then you have no, the no Nets coming. Is. Yeah. You have the Nets coming out of nowhere. 
uh, and then and then you also got the the young and the, the Hornets are on their way up. So I think I think both Philadelphia and Raptors are in a similar position where they just they're kind of they're kind of panic mode right now. They don't know what what can they do to get the you know they they never put a plan in place to get them out of this situation. You know they didn't think that they'd be surrounded by this much. Uh, Philadelphia you know, right now. Philadelphia and the Raptors right now are doing that crusty crap, the Mr. Krabs meme where he's like, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what they're, that's yeah. That's what they're doing right now. That's yeah, what they're for doing, real. for sure. Yeah. It's a shame, though. It's a shame because the Raptors are always, have been for me, a, a fun team to watch, fun team to root for. They were the underdogs consensus last year going into the finals until obviously everyone in Golden State got injured except Steph. But yeah, they really, I mean, they, they've done a good job, especially rebounding last year after the finals after making it there and, and staying consistent, you got to give them respect. Absolutely. But unfortunately, like you said, Nigel, they are stuck in between a rock and a hard place right now in the East. Yeah. Same, yeah, with, same with the 76ers. What do you want to talk about next, buddy? I mean, you got Ben Simmons probably going to win rookie of the year for the third time in a row, which is crazy. <laughs> Curveball. You know what? With that being said, do we want to talk about our player of uh player uh, award predictions yeah sure i'll talk about that okay one second i gotta gotta open it up here way too early predictions the way too early predictions yeah well i saw everyone else doing it so i figured why not take it for a spin right okay here we go all right do you want to do you want to start this off do you want to cap this segment off or should i uh i mean i'll talk about rookie of the year okay i think i know uh, who's is, your, your is, that, is that is that what you want what you want to start with yeah sure we'll do rookie of the year defensive player of the year um, most MVP. improved MVP. Oh, I gotta do my MVP. Oh, I'll figure it out. Um, I had six man of the year here. I had coach of the year. Yeah, we'll just you know what? Screw it. We'll just run it through. However you want. I don't care. All right. Um, my rookie of the year. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to give it to Lamelo. Uh, he just, I think he just plays like he already knows where he is and what he's doing. I think he is the most experienced. Uh, and I think he's in a little bit of a slump right now, but I think he's going to come out of it. He's going to really start, you know, doing really great things for that for that Hornets team. How about you? I think for me, man, James Wiseman has shown me through much, too much through two games uh, for me to deny him the Rookie of the Year spot. So I think James Wiseman continues this campaign. I think if the Golden State Warriors continue to play like garbage. It, he'll be highlighted a lot more than he than he would if they were playing well, and I think that'll that'll you know serve in his favor. And I think uh, I think yeah, I think he he keeps his play consistent. Maybe even gets a little bit better under the guiding eyes of Steve Kerr and Steph Curry. And uh, yeah, I think he makes a strong campaign for Rookie of the Year, in my personal opinion. You want to move on to Defensive Player of the Year? Yeah, sure. Who you got there? Okay. So is it bad that I brought in three different options? To, to most of these no i'm gonna have i'm gonna have I, have I think i have three different options for mvp but go ahead it was very it was very because it was tough it was tough to 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 tell yeah i had anthony davis probably being the front runner mm-hmm. that's just i had fair. i had a dark horse picks marcus smart and drew holiday also making a, a strong push i think rudy gobert could be in that conversation Kawhi is always he's always a defensive dog but i don't know if really because he's in the West, he's gonna have to get past LeBron. That might wake, make him look worse than he actually is. I, I, I don't know. I, I'd say at the at the moment, the front runner for me is probably Anthony Davis. That's Not that's very fair. Him. Yeah. No, yeah, that's fair. Uh, I'd say Anthony Davis, but I, I also had a little bit riding on Kawhi. I think Kawhi feels like he has something to to to, to prove. 
Uh, I think he he thinks that, you know, he's he's got a really classic basketball mind. I think that he thinks that the way that he's going to get this team started is by just playing defense and turning it into offense. I think uh, I think that's that's going to propel him forward and give him a, a DPOY. In my opinion, he wants, to, he wants to get back to the uh, to the White House so we can make a deep fried picture of Joe Biden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for real. But okay. uh, yeah, I think I think that's I see him do. I mean, you know, it's so hard to predict it this early in the season, but um, I think it's fun. We always do that. Yeah, though. that's what we yeah, do. On absolutely. The show. absolutely. Want to do six man of the year? Yeah. Yeah, I'll do six. Man. Who do you have picked for that? I had Tyler Hero, Dennis Schroeder, Montrez Harrell. I think all those guys can be uh, can be very important. I'd also give Marcus Smart the spot once Kemba comes back. I think Marcus Smart's going to be real big this year. I think he's going to come out of the – well, I, I, he'll come out of the gate when he gets relegated to the six-man spot after Kemba comes back firing. He'll really just – he'll remain consistent because he's been playing very, very well. I think offensive like, – like we were talking about before, offensively he's bloomed. And uh, I, I think he'll finally get that nod that he deserves because he's always been – I mean, everyone knows him to be a competitive guy, but – He's been, in terms of, of player awards, maybe for good reason, maybe not for good reason, he's been slept on to me. So I think he could be a dark horse pick to also make six man of the year. Yeah, I think that's very logical. I wouldn't even call it a dark horse pick. I think, um, you know, I wasn't even really thinking about Marcus Smart, but now that you mentioned it, it's like, yeah. Uh, if the Celtics are going to do anything this year, it's got to be him. He's yeah. got to come off the bench and he's got to be doing great things. Um, so yeah, I could definitely see Marcus Smart. I agree with that pick. And yeah, I, I've seen him. We talked about it. I've seen him come out, you know, come out of the gate at the one spot. He's been playing great. So if if he if he gets back down there and he just continues the way he's going, he's definitely got to be in that conversation for sure. Yeah, and then he also got like Lou Will and Montrez Harrell and all of them. But uh, yeah, Lou, you know, Lou Williams. He's always been a, a favorite. He's yeah, always so been a favorite I, for the six man spot. I say either Lou Will or Marcus Smart. I give it to them. Marcus. Okay. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. You want to do most improved player? Yeah, sure. I was thinking um, it's hard to do most improved player because you got to pick someone who's not good and then think about. Or could could be good and gets even better. True. That's that's I think what kind of makes it difficult as well. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think Luke is definitely going to be in that 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 uh, that uh, conversation. I think Trey Young. Uh, I think they're at the right age for it. That's true. Um, the only problem with those two is that they were already so good, good last yeah. year. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I have trouble trouble doing that. Uh, and then, you know, you got a couple of sleepers. Like, who knows? Maybe Terry Rozier really comes out this year. Yeah. Gordon Hayward could really have, yeah. you know, like we see him do. So I think it could be anyone. But uh, if I had to go with two picks, I'd probably say either Trey Young or, or Luka Doncic. I like your Trey Young pick because Trey Young is now surrounded by a team. Obviously, like he's going to be in the backcourt there with uh, with Rajon Rondo, and we know how that guy facilitates. So he could yeah. have that break. I mean, he's been having breakout years, but he could have that other, you know, that next breakout year that really propels him into that conversation. And I also like Gordon Hayward, man, because as we talked about, he got propelled onto that Hornets team now that he's he's having a bigger impact and he's he's performing. So through Absolutely. through two games, he's been perform, performing well. So I, I definitely like that pick for him. Uh, I, for mine, personally, I had a bunch of them. And I'll probably, I mean, I, after hearing yours, I'll, i got to add on to mine. But I had Marcus Smart, again, for the same reasons I, I, I mentioned for Defensive Player of the Year and uh, Sixth Man of the Year. I had Jamal Murray. I think he rides mm. off of that momentum that he had from the bubble and, mm. and comes back in a big way. I think Shai Gilgis-Alexander, excuse me, 
I, I always pr- mispronounce that guy's name, and I got to stop doing that. Shai Gilgis Alexander. I think he has a, a, another big year this year. Rides again the momentum that he had last year. I think OG Ananubi coming off that big extension could really be a problem. Jason Tatum only gets better. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, Luke and Stewart. I, that might yeah. be a little bit of my OKC bias coming out there, but. Uh, but Dort's been yeah, playing the, well. Dort's been playing well. The Dort. The Dort's the Dort. been, uh, yeah. The Dort, Dort man playing has been playing well. well. Uh, I do Dort like man. that Marcus Smart pick. Um, that's a, that's a, that's a smart way to go. No, no pun intended, but, uh, Marcus this entire smart. segment's been, been showcasing my, my Celtics and my OKC bias, I think. Yeah. Well, no, I, I think Marcus Smart is, is, is a safe bet. Definitely. And I, I like your Jamal Murray pick. I definitely think that that's a real possibility. Uh, and he will get the credit that he has deserved because he really did ball out last year, especially in the playoffs. So now, as long as he can keep that in the regular season, he definitely wins it. Yeah. You know, do coach of the year real quick before we get to the uh, the top shot MVP. I don't even know who I'd pick for coach of the year. I mean, probably who would you go with? Well, I had again a few different options here. I had Mike Budenhoser. I think he. I mean, obviously, if you're at the helm of the uh, the the box, you're gonna yeah. look good regardless. Brad Stevens, another one. Depending on what the, the Celtics do in the East this year. If they could pull off a big upset with some top tier team, I mean, they're already a top tier team, but a team that's in their conversation, I think Brad Steve, it'll come down to coaching. Brad Stevens is a phenomenal coach. I think Steve Nash is the obvious option because he's going to have this, this new team he gets to play with. It might be also a little bit of a controversial topic because he's a new coach in the league's first year. Uh, if yeah. he wins that, there might be some, some, uh, some noise around that. And then Stan Van Gundy might be my little dark horse pick for that. Yes. The Pelicans. I can see. I can see Stan Van Gundy getting it. I, I don't I don't really pay attention much into what goes into winning coach of the year. I mean, if your team is the best team in, in the conference, do you just get it or like I think um, it's... because then Steve Nash def- definitely has a possibility and right. you know there there couldn't be much arguing about that. But I don't think that's really what it comes down to. I think it's you know what what coach had the biggest influence impact. impact yeah. Less. Yeah, true. Um, I think I think Brad Stevens definitely has something has has you know a clear path to that award if, if i had a if i had to choose one maybe uh and you also got a couple other people that you know we got what's the name of the the heats coach i forgot his name eric spolstra alex spolstra yeah i definitely think that he could pull it out of his ass if he wanted to so um really toss yeah. it down there and just say hey listen yeah i'm here i'm 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 here to stay this yeah. heat team oh well, yeah listen if the heat can do what the raptors did and they come back big this year again yeah for sure yeah absolutely um and, you know he never he never lost a christmas game i think he's like seven and oh in christmas game so Spolster was a goat bro he's a good coach i think he's a very good coach i think he's a little bit underrated uh i don't mean the goat had... yeah go ahead sorry. no yeah i think he's a little bit underrated because he's had so much talent on his teams in recent memory but yeah uh, I definitely think that if he if he wanted something if he wanted to prove something this year would be the year to do it, and uh, that's where I would put for a coach of the year if he, if they came out. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure, I could definitely see that. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Harden real quick. He has reopened trade talks. He's kind of you know what Harden's kind of been playing with NBA fans because one moment yeah. he says he's he's fine in the Rockets and he's he's good there and he's just focused on playing the next game and he drops forty four points, and then the next day we hear more rumors about potential trade destinations like the Celtics, the Trailblazers. Man, Harden yeah. is an enigma at the moment. I still see him going somewhere else. Um, 
but where and when is is to me just in a cloud right now in a haze i i don't think we might figure out about it in two or three weeks i could be wrong i it could be tomorrow i i really i couldn't tell you even even in my analytical mind as a broadcaster as a podcaster i i really couldn't tell you nigel i don't know what the hell is going on with harden um he still plays terrifically. I mean, I got to hand it to him. CJ McCollum yeah. came out on Instagram and said, regardless of what the guy does off the court, the guy is really good at basketball. I mean, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. You know that already. Yeah, what I, you know, that seemed like more of a deflection, though, because what we need to focus on now and what, sadly, Harden has made his image as is this guy that is is really good at basketball, but also a diva. Yeah. Yeah, and, definitely. You know, yeah. And, and just and, and putting your team in risk of COVID, uh, it just, it's, it's really just a bad, it, there's a bad taste in my mouth from all of this. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the hardest part is that he has been really performing. I was watching him play. Uh, he's been hitting all the shots. He always hits. It looks like he hasn't missed a step. It uh, doesn't matter how much overweight he came back. I was going to say training. Fat Boy yeah. was, was hitting shots. Yeah, no, he's been making his shots. He's been playing very well. There's not much you could say in that department, but the more he does is the more he argues, the more his trade value falls. Uh, and you know, I don't even think that the Rockets want to keep him at this point. I say that I say that they just split ways, you know. I think also um, other teams don't want to take him. That's the problem. Yeah. I was talking about it with Jerry on the stream two days ago. The more, like you said, the more he kicks and screams, other teams are gonna be like, I don't want to take on that cancer. Yeah, for real. For real. Like if you have a system, if you have a guaranteed system with a team like the Celtics, you have an ecosystem, let's just say. Right. Of proven talent, and you don't want to touch it, and you you think you might be able to make a run at the East. Why are you bringing on Harden? Yeah. I mean, sure, he's talented, but he's shown to be the guy now. And I don't care what he says. I don't care that he said he wants to be in a more motion-heavy offense. He's shown to GMs, to head coaches, to organizations, to players, that he will come in and be cancerous. Yeah. That's what he's shown. He's going to get what he wants no matter what. Right. So it doesn't matter, I think, how good of a player he is. At least I hope it it shouldn't matter. I think teams should, should – I mean, I could see him going to, like, Portland. But, again, that his personality would clash with so many stars yeah, and so many systems that are already set up. It's almost like, what do you do? Right. If you're other teams, you really want to take that on? I don't. I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, it's That's crazy. Just me. Um, he's definitely – the more he does this, the more – and especially with the COVID stuff, he's putting his – he's putting his, his – he's taking his trade value and he's, he's definitely putting it down. Uh, he's putting himself in a, in a worse position and he is putting the Rockets organization in a worse position. He's putting his teammates in danger. He's acting very irresponsibly. And I, I really hope that he can continue playing well, because if not, then that's, that's the only thing he has left at this point. You know, that's an interesting point. Nige. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like the, if, if he ever, God forbid, because he's so fun to watch. I mean, I yeah. sh- shit talk Harden for being, for acting like mean and rude and, and unprofessional all I want. At the end of the day, man, the guy plays a hell of a game. Yeah. The guy plays a hell of a game, and and he's just very fun to watch. So I hope he keeps that. And you're right, Nigel. The second that goes away, man, all that's left is the demoness. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be a sad day when his production goes down, I think. Yeah, well he can I mean he can he's backing up what he's saying right now, definitely. And you know, if, if you can do that, all the power to you, but I mean, that's all he has left is his production, so. Yeah. 
you know, we gotta we gotta see what happens. Maybe maybe makes a run an MVP this year. Is he on your list? I, I mean, oh shit, we didn't do MVP. Yeah, we didn't I do compl- MVP. Wow, I'm such a I'm today today's a rocky day for me podcasting. I don't know what's happening today. <laughs> um, we can, yeah, wait, let's let's talk MVP real quick. Who do you maybe have? it's Harden? I mean, no, I didn't. I personally didn't put Harden in that conversation, but you know, um, maybe he he's should. Always, be, he always but... on the precipice of that. I feel like. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's yeah. there's been many years where a lot of people could make a valid argument that Harden should get the MVP. He's always in there. Yeah. He's, he has to be. I mean, he drops 50 a night constantly. Yeah. But uh, I think I think it's got to be Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think he wins his third straight, first time it's ever been done in NBA history. I think, I think he wins it third straight MVP. And then runner-ups, I want to have Luka Doncic and Anthony Davis. Yeah. I could see... I might actually flip that around a little bit or move some some parts around from there. I could see definitely Luca making a strong campaign this year, especially through two games after what they looked like versus the Clippers. I mean, Luca's looking real good. Uh, I definitely could see him capturing capturing that top spot. I think Giannis has to always be in the conversation if he you know if he uh, really gets better and is shown to grow like we know he can sign that big extension so he's gonna have a lot of incentive to come out this year and ball i think lebron james could could definitely just say lebron cooperman lebron could come out and, and make a, a strong campaign but I, i'd also give anthony davis the nod before i might give lebron the nod depending on the way he plays you're right you know what this entire segment is way too early but we're having fun with it i'd say right yeah. now if if we're talking about now specifically those are those are the five guys right luca Giannis. um no four guys four guys right because i said yeah yeah so those 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 four gentlemen yeah well the only thing luca has to worry about is you know his team taking a top spot you know um which is yeah. you know really what wins Giannis is mvp caliber don't get me wrong but really what what makes him the clear winner every year is that his team is always number one seed and that's what's pretty much the most important thing about winning mvp so if luca can get his he can get the dallas mavericks up to one or two seed i don't see why it can't be him well, that, you know what? Let's we can have this conversation real quick. What goes into making someone an MVP? Because, well, obviously that's the, the answer to that is obvious, but yeah. there is some discretion. For instance, let's just say Luca gets the first spot with the Mavs. He he leads the Mavs to a first spot. Everything is hunky dory over there. That would, I think, get him that MVP spot. hundred percent. Let's say that the the Mavericks absolutely crash and burn this season, and and Luca's still averaging fifty. He he averages something crazy like fifty five points a game. Just I'm walk with me here. I'm being right. I'm saying hypothetically. Does he then? Does that play into the to the conversation of him getting the MVP? And I think we've had this conversation on this podcast before, but it's curious. I'm curious about yeah. that. Yeah, the rules of MVP, I think are I think it's it's definitely it's definitely touchy. Um, it's always goes to the best. Most of the time, it's very rarely doesn't go to the best player in the best team. Now, once in a while, they will make an exception to that rule. Like we saw with Westbrook, uh, on the thunder, uh, when he broke that record. And I think he did deserve it. I think that they should have, that should have been an exception to the rule, but for the most part, for the most, yeah, for the most part, it's the best player on the best team. Uh, if Luka Doncic averages something crazy, like 55, they might make an exception, but it's usually just going to go to the best player and the number one seed in either conference. That's that's just how the MVP award is handed out. Well, what about Russell Westbrook? That's one of the exceptions. It has to be that's some kind of saying. crazy. Happen like that, yeah. Some kind of crazy exception. But I mean, you got to remember, Westbrook broke oh, an yeah, he, unbreakable yeah. record. You yeah, know? 
Yeah, hundred percent. Um, you know that that record was set fifty years ago, and he came out and did it. Um, so it's got to be something like that in order for them to make an exception to the rule. And personally, you can't predict things like that. I don't think Luka Doncic is going to come out here and break some wild record. Uh, maybe if he scored like, maybe if he averaged like third highest points per game in NBA history, maybe. But you know, I, I just he's got. I, you know, the only way he's going to win it is to get that Dallas Mavericks team up to the first seed, or Giannis doesn't get that Bucks. Maybe 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 the Nets and Heat or Celtics beat out the Bucks for first seed in the East. Yeah. But, um, you know that that's really what it's coming coming down to because there's a lot of players that ha- that are on the MVP caliber, including LeBron. You know, LeBron still is. I mean, I, if you ask me, I'm I think saying. LeBron LeBron should have had like six in a row. If you ask me, yeah. but you know, so I don't know, man. What do you think? That's a, uh, yeah, no, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I think the the four guys I named are, are the guys to look at right now. There's definitely yeah. some some outliers some off the cuff guys you could look at too but for the most part i'd say my pick my solid locked in pick right now is luka Doncic. oh for you you think he's gonna do it yeah yeah i i I don't see why there's any reason why i mean lebron has been so complimentary of him and i don't just come on here and say stuff that lebron says but if lebron can find you know if, if lebron puts his trust in you as a player i mean we already know we know what we know what luka can do yeah nobody I might, needs I might... to be reminded you know I might give him another year. Could be. Um, I think he definitely, either way, whether it's this year, one year down the line, two years down the line, Luka is going to be an MVP at some point. Yeah, he's going to be the most valuable player in the league. 100%. 100 Mark Mark Cuban really cashed out with that guy. Mark Cuban's a go-to. I mean, Mark Cuban. Yeah, I love Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban, I can't be more complimentary of Mark Cuban. He's the best NBA owner in the NBA. for sure. Definitely. For sure. For sure. Definitely. All right. Might be a little early podcast. We went from, what did we do last week? An hour 45? I think we did an hour and a half. So hour and a half one, out of This one no, was, it was an hour? hour? Yeah. It was an hour 45? Yeah. Wow. Usually we do an hour 30, hour 15, but uh, yeah. we, could, we could go a little earlier this week unless you had anything that you wanted to bring to the gauntlet here, Nige. No, I think, I think especially in the beginning of the season, it's very just run of the mill. I mean, we got to just touch base on you know where where the league is at right now and i think i think we did that um and it's also just like there's not you know we haven't seen much evolution so far it's only been two games you know we can only right. talk about what's happened through those two games so that's true through two games yeah um, through two games real quick before we end off do we want to we're, we're going forward with the the new segmented show correct the the, the thing i was talking about where we we kind of bring in stories and we react to them so should i we, we pop in this we popping this night yeah, on air? Pop, pop the top, baby. Okay. So I think it's going to be, it's coming out because we do this. We release this on two. So it's going to be coming out on Thursdays. We're going to do a shorter show. We're going to have people write us in. If you guys, anyone listening would like to write us in a crazy story, feel free to DM us either at Nigel.ap or Coop TV on Instagram with three O's. Send us your crazy stories. We're going to come on. We're going to react to them. We'll probably do about three per episode, maybe four if we're feeling good. Send us in your crazy stories talk about what we would have done differently, you know, our, our honest reactions to them and just have a good time where we want to branch out a little bit and do more content. So that's going to be our extra little show for the week that uh, that's going to be under this RSS feed. Yeah. Awesome. And it's unnamed through now. So we have to, I have to figure out a name for it. All right. That sounds good. All right, guys. So until the next one, stay safe, stay happy, stay happy, stay healthy. God. Yeah. This, stay this healthy episode too. Was Definitely stay um, healthy. Yeah. And uh, and we'll, we'll see you guys in the next one.
All right. Peace out. Peace.